Chelsea, how long did it take you to read the manual for your iPhone? I did not do that. How is that? Because you use your iPhone all the time. How is it you didn't read the manual? Well, it's pretty intuitive, but to be honest, when there were really specific things I needed to do, I just looked it up on YouTube. Yeah, they don't, honestly, they don't even ship a manual. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. We want the entire photography community to stop saying RTFM. Read the effing manual. That's what that stands for. And those of you saying RTFM, we're gonna read you the Riot Act. But first, a word from our sponsor, Squarespace. Whether you need your own website, store, or portfolio, you can make it happen with Squarespace very easily. It's so simple to do, and they're beautiful. Their templates are professionally designed. Uh, you can get a 14-day free trial, no credit card needed. Just try it. Put your pictures on there, see what they look like. If you wanna sell prints, you can try out the store as well. And you can get 10% off today in the description down below. Go to squarespace.com slash Chelsea and use the coupon code Chelsea to get 10% off. Thanks, Squarespace. First, we're gonna talk about the RTFM community and then we're gonna talk about the manufacturers. Okay, both sides. Yeah. The RTFM community in the photography world is huge, and we get it maybe more than any other single person. Yeah, they can be ruthless. we're out there publishing content. Yeah. Remember the DJI Spark? It was this little handheld drone, and all their marketing was around it was so easy to use. You didn't even need to learn how to use the two sticks on the controller, because that would be too complex for people. So they came up with these handheld gestures. It came with a manual, but for the gestures, it just came with this fold-out, like, it had like eight comic book slides that showed you yeah. how to use it. But it was so simple. All you had to do was hold it in your palm and then push a single button twice and it would take off. And you did that. And it, what happened? It took off and then it went belly up and just crashed into the ground. And can I tell you hundreds of people told you you did it wrong? That you needed to RTFM? Yeah, but I also did read the manual. <laughs> and... The manual just said push the button twice. Yeah. But still, people, for some reason, chose to blame you, a human, over the device, no matter how simple the instructions were. Yeah. And they still continue to do this on this particular video, despite the fact that uh, DJI released firmware updates to address what was a bug that caused ours to flip over. They fixed that. It was a bug. And they've also decided to completely remove this feature set from new drones because it just never worked very well. Those features were terrible, and we said that, and we were told to read the manual. This is just off topic. We're just taking a, we were right, you were wrong. Ah, my victory, victory lap. lap. <laughs> Over the RTFM <laughs> people. Here's another one. Remember the three-legged thing tripod? How did that go? It was poorly designed. And we communicated with the manufacturers about it and tried to work with them, yeah. What happened was if we hiked with it for a little bit, the legs would just slip. Mm -hmm. It had twist locks. You know how many people blamed us for not knowing how to twist something? Like they, and they told us specifically RTFM, as if yeah. there's a manual somewhere that tells you how to twist something. I learned how to twist when I was very young. <laughs> this oh, is really? not a complex move. And would you, if, if you needed to really RTFM for a tripod, some tripod. It, yeah, there must be a design flaw with the tripod, right? We're talking about three sticks that extend. Yeah, I have a, um, a, a different twist leg tripod now, and it's, there's never a problem with it, and it, nev it never slips. Oh, did you read the how to twist manual? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I took how to twist 101. People are so absurd. We run a photography YouTube channel, and people think we don't know how to twist something. 
because that's how eager they are to blame the people instead of the product because somehow this rtfm community loves products more than people i also believe they updated that product and put locks on the legs oh they switched the design yeah i good. think they did okay well the good design. that's an example of a manufacturer listening then yeah and it's coming up with the Canon R5, which overheats in video. None of the marketing material mentions that it overheats. But if you dig into the manual on some page, they outline how long the R5 can record before it overheats. So people are now buying the R5 after having not watched the million YouTube videos about yeah. it and realizing that it overheats and they're mad. And people are telling them they should have read the manual before purchasing the product. Who does that? Who does that? That's next no. level. Who reads the manual? It has gotten absolutely absurd. Can I say, most people are not dummies. Yeah. But we are definitely not dummies just objectively because we've been doing this for almost a decade now. We personally know engineers and technical people at every camera manufacturer. Yeah. They have either flown us to some place so that the engineers can personally show us how to do stuff. Or they've even come to our house to walk us through every button and setting. I have made something like 50 tutorials, hour-long tutorials, for all the popular cameras of the last decade. We are not the dumbest people out there. I'm not saying we're the smartest. Yeah. But if we can't get something to work, then most people are going to struggle with it. Not that one guy in the comments right now just blazing <laughs> up the keyboard. RTFM, RTFM. <laughs> Tell us about gatekeeping and how this relates. So gatekeeping is when a person or a community decides who gets access to like resources or something or an identity or a community. And in essence, simply put, it just means people that are trying to keep other people out of something. It's pretty simple. Why would people want to keep other people out? I think for photography specifically, when people can understand something complicated and keep someone else out, I think it feels like less competition to them. Yeah, right? It's a competitive field. And a lot of people will say, you'll see this a lot. They'll be like, well, I started doing photography with film, and that was way harder than digital. And so therefore, I must be more real because I had this challenge. So I want to keep, I want to make this real photographer bubble, and anyone that didn't learn on film is outside of it. And that's gatekeeping. Or someone will say, well, you're just using a smartphone, so that's not real photography. I'm using a DSLR or a mirrorless camera, so that's real photography. And you see this kind of gatekeeping all of the time in photography. Oh, they don't even know what aperture is? Not a real photographer. They're outside the bubble. Mm -hmm. They don't have this lens outside the bubble. They don't know this term outside the bubble. And I feel like photography is rooted in this because when photography started, it was exclusively reserved for the wealthy because photography was a very expensive hobby. And it was also reserved for people with highly technical skills and a lot of time. And so from its beginnings, photography has had a lot of gatekeepers and a lot of things just keeping out a common person. Yeah, it's a competitive field, right? And if people can find any reason to exclude other people, they will. If people can find uh, reasons to blame people, they will. So we see this all the time. People use gatekeeping to say, you're too dumb to be a photographer. Yeah. You're using the wrong gear. If you want to do that, you should have spent $3,000 instead of $500. Whatever it is, it's not the camera. It's your fault. Yeah, it's your fault and you don't deserve to be here. And I think this creates this 
awful cycle in photography because manufacturers seem to adopt this mentality too. They make a camera that is extremely difficult to use, that fails in real world scenarios. And if they could piece together any scenario where a perfect user who had memorized every aspect of the camera would be able to get it to work, then it's the person's fault and not the camera's fault. This came up recently with me. I was talking about my Sony camera and how I don't like the menu system. And a bunch of guys in the comments were like, I learned it in a day, I learned it in a week. And they totally missed the point. They think I'm saying no one could learn it. But I'm saying me, a person that has used every single menu system just about, finds this one to be the most difficult and unpleasant. And that's, that's an example of gatekeeping. Well, if you're not smart, why are you making a video if you're not smart enough? Or why are you even attempting photography if you think something's hard? And that's built in. And I don't think Sony, they've updated their menu, but I don't think they've really felt responsibility for that. And not just singling them out, I don't think other camera manufacturers feel responsibility for having cameras that are obsolete to the way that people now interact with technology. And they want to blame the consumer for being way in the past, way old-fashioned. And I'll throw myself in front of the bus here, too, as a person who has written more than 3,200 to 600-page highly technical books. Yeah. I cannot find items in the Sony menu system, even though I've created tutorials for all the modern Sony cameras. When it comes down to, oh, I remember there's this setting I need to change. I can't find it. I have to go through every single page of the menu, and sometimes yeah. I have to do it more than once. So... After the break, we're going to go into a little more detail about the RTFM manufacturers use to justify their terrible products. And we're going to talk about how Steve Jobs changed everything. He did. But first, a word from our sponsor. Okay, here's something you really don't have to read the manual for. Squarespace is so easy to use, and they really embody the idea of just making things intuitive. You can take your photos from your folders and you can just drag and drop them into your template, and boom, you've got your own website, your own store, your own portfolio. It's really that easy to do, and that's probably why between the two of us, we have like seven of them now. Yeah. <laughs> we love them and we think you'll love them too. And you don't have to take a bet on that. You don't have to take a loss. You can get one for free today for 14 days. No credit card needed. Just try it out. And if you decide that you like it, which I really think you will, you can go to squarespace.com slash Chelsea and use the coupon code Chelsea to get 10% off. That was the first thing I did with Squarespace was just check it out and see if it was easy to use because mm -hmm. I know CSS and HTML and JavaScript, but I'd rather not. Yeah. I just would rather not have to deal with all that. Squarespace makes it super easy. So let's talk about this from the manufacturer's perspective. And I want to start in 2007, a historic moment in humanity when Steve Jobs went up on stage and announced the new iPhone. So let's take a minute and listen to his words. And uh, they typically combine a phone plus some email capability, plus they say it's the internet, sort of the baby internet in the one device, and they all have these plastic little keyboards on them. Uh, and uh, the problem is that they're not so smart and they're not so easy to use. So if you kind of make a you know, business school 101 graph of the smart axis and the easy to use axis, phones, regular cell phones are kind of right there. They're not so smart and they're you know, not so easy to use. Um, but smartphones are definitely a little smarter, but they actually are harder to use. They're really complicated. 
Just for the basic stuff, people have a hard time figuring out how to use them. Well, we don't want to do either one of these things. What we want to do is make a leapfrog product that is way smarter than any mobile device has ever been and super easy to use. This is what iPhone is. Okay? So with the benefit of hindsight, how did his speech go? Are BlackBerry and Palm Pilot still taking off and yeah. succeeding? No, Steve Jobs was thinking about the consumer experience, even though he's a tech nerd. He could have very easily written everyone off and said, I'm Steve Jobs, I'm so smart, why can't these idiots figure out my product? But instead, he said, what is the consumer experience and how do we make it enjoyable for them? And that's probably why they're number one in the world. I still why. remember, I was a young nerd, a developer, and... One of my first developing jobs, they sat me down at this brand new next-stepped computer. And it had the first graphical user interface GUI that I'd ever seen. And it absolutely blew me away because I could just drag and drop stuff. Next Step is the company that Steve Jobs left Apple for to start up. He did this. He made the first real GUI and then sold the company and eventually ended up going back to Apple. But those moments change the world. And I think Steve Jobs is a unique personality because he could speak both nerd and human. And I think that's actually a really rare trait. I think most nerds who are capable of writing code actually don't understand how humans work that well. That's been my own experience as a developer. Well, I don't just think it's nerds. I think anybody deeply entrenched in one thing has a hard time remembering how people outside of that bubble function. But I bring it up because who writes the software for the cameras? It's nerds. It's yeah. okay to say it. It doesn't have to be offensive. Hey, it's not offensive. We're grateful for you. We love the nerds. But I think cameras have yet to have their Steve Jobs. None of the manufacturers have had their Steve Jobs where they said, we're going to redesign this from scratch, thinking about the consumer first. We're going to put all the burden on our nerds to make stuff usable instead of pushing all the burden to the consumer. And right now we're getting a bunch of commenters saying, oh, if you want a phone, go back to shooting with your phone. Because they, <laughs> that's what they want to do. They want to push these people out of the community yeah, because they want this gatekeeping. They want it to be, this is an easy barrier to set up to keep out the competition. I think one interesting thing about the, the phone and the camera comparison is that um, they were always marketing phones at everybody. Like, they're supposed to be a cross-cultural experience, both genders, everyone should be able to have a phone. Whereas I feel like photography still, even now, is just so male-dominated. And even, like, as a woman who goes to the press events, being one woman out of 50 people, you're not represented. And I've seen women on panels where they shoot things that are skills that are not as technical and you're less respected. So how are we supposed to come into this photography world and say, nerds, what you do is very cool. Your skills aren't the only valuable ones. How can we be inclusive to every person? How can we make this so that everyone can use a camera and it can be fun? It's hard to break through that because if you go into that community and say, technical skills aren't everything, you will be ridiculed. There aren't people who say, hey, that's a good point. Let's open it up to everyone. And since you're bringing up gender lines here, I come from a very technical community, and it was at least 90% men. Yeah. And I want to make the point, I totally believe, and studies have shown, that women are capable of being just as technical as men, but we tend to be raised differently in our current cultures. Right. And little boys will be 
praised for them mastering technical and mechanical skills, and little girls tend not to be praised for those things. But it's not universally based on gender. There are lots no. of dudes out there who don't care about mastering technical stuff at all, and lots of girls who are absolute masters of the technical. Yeah, but what's funny is I see the men at these events, and some of them aren't technical, and they just pretend because you have to be. Yeah. And it's like they're very artistic, but they know they're like, all right, I've got to do this. That's what's going to be valued. Well, because they would be ridiculed if they didn't get it. Yeah. And it's people are so sexist, they actually expect the women not to understand the stuff, but the guys, they would be like, whoa. Would be ridiculed. I've seen insanely talented, the one of the best photographers in the world didn't know a technical term, and then I saw a whole gaggle of nerds try to bring them down. It's just like, that doesn't speak for itself, that someone takes some of the best pictures in the world, they have to also know some specific terminology. If you're siding with the nerds in this, you are killing the photography community right yeah. now because you're keeping out these talented people. Absolutely. And it's not, you're not hurting them. No. Because what happens to them is they will go and use their phone. Like you can say, oh, these people should be willing to spend an hour or a day or a month mastering the technical aspects of this. They should be able to do it. Why are they so lazy? Okay, maybe they should, but they're not going to. They won't. They will instead pick up the device that works for them automatically. And more and more, that's a smartphone. And I know people will contest this, but you can look at smartphone photography now. Look at places like Instagram, and you will find amazing storytelling. You will find beautiful colors and composition. And you will find people making a lot of money as photographers using their smartphone, and they are leaving the technical people behind. Yeah. And it's almost like a new form of gatekeeping where now you need to understand the art of photography to succeed. And these people who have been holding on to, oh, but I've mastered the technical parts and that's what's important. You can hold on to that, but yeah. everybody's gonna leave you behind. That's the raft you die clinging to. <laughs> and I sympathize with the RTFM nerds on this. I, like I said, I wrote more than 30 of these highly technical manuals. The culture shifted so much after Steve Jobs that I had to change careers entirely. That's why I'm not writing those big manuals anymore because nobody wanted to read those manuals. Nobody was buying those manuals. That's how severe the culture shift is. And I can personally attest to that. And like, nobody has been affected more than I did. Nobody? More than I was. Okay, I don't know, but it felt big <laughs> to me because it's me and I'm self-centered. But. All of us, when we're shooting, there's a certain amount of information overload. Your brain can only juggle so many things at one time. And part of your brain has to be dedicated to the dials and the buttons and the yeah. camera settings and the exposure triangle. But it would be nice if more of your brain power could be committed to mastering the lighting and the mood and talking to the model and getting the right pose and expressions out of the model, as well as the storytelling and the composition and the emotion and the color and a million other things that make a photo art. Yeah. And right now, when we're using a real camera, the camera itself is consuming way too much brain power. Well, it shouldn't, yeah. It should not. That is the key thing that needs to change. We cannot demand that photographers who want to create art, who have a vision and want to share it, need to master this extraordinarily complex tool anymore. I mean, yeah. we, we can keep going down that path, but what's going to happen is nobody's going to buy cameras and all these camera manufacturers are going to shut down. So, so choose that path, but it ends in death. I, whoa. 
<laughs> you were like very whoa. <laughs> it did sound like something out of Lord of the Rings. Didn't it? That was so dramatic. I was going to say, I think part of the reason uh, people put so much value on focusing on the technical side is that it's very measurable and the artistic side is subjective. So someone can look at your picture and say, oh, this is out of focus and therefore it's not good. But if someone looks at your picture and says, this is just boring and I don't think it's good, it, that could be debatable, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think sometimes people looking at photography from a highly technical perspective don't even see that their work is suffering because they're focusing so much on the technical stuff. I kind of want to wrap this discussion up by saying, instead of telling people to RTFM, you could just phrase something differently. You could say, hey, there's this feature that might help. And by the way, I totally blame Canon, Nikon, Sony, Fuji for burying this feature. Like it should be automatic or it should be surfaced. They need to make it more intuitive. But here, I think this one setting might help you out. Instead of saying, you screwed up, RTFM, your fault. I'd also like to challenge people to welcome people into our photography community. We want new cameras. We want our camera brands to survive. We don't want the phone to completely take over everything. Like, we love cameras. Why not welcome people in and say, you know what, sometimes it is tricky to learn. I can help you instead of ridiculing people. Yeah. It's and mean. Just assume people aren't going to read the manual. It's It's not the lazy people who don't read the manuals that suffer. It's the photography community and the art of photography. It's the camera manufacturers who can't sell to them. And it's our entire culture, which especially right now depends so much on people sharing images and stories to tell the entire world what's happening to us personally. Photography is more important than ever, but cameras are being used less and less. And I believe yeah. this RTFM mindset from the community and the manufacturers is what's causing that to happen. Yeah, so photography is an art and the camera is the tool and any complexity that's an obstacle to creating that thing is the issue of the tool a lot of the times. And that's something to consider. I'd like to hear what everybody thinks in the comments Do down you? below. Well, I hopefully I've addressed all the RTFM people and I just want them to open up their mindset a little bit appreciate the non-technical aspects of it and begin to realize that cherishing technical skills is an outdated mindset. Humans should no longer be adapting themselves to tools, but it is the other way around. Yeah. Not whether it should be or not, but that's the way it is. Thank you to our sponsor, Squarespace, who totally gets this. They create incredibly intuitive user interfaces that allow you to create beautiful artistic sites that are technically complex, but it's all hidden from you and your users. It's drag and drop, and it allows you to bring in new customers to sell new products, whether you're selling prints or portraits or you're running a law firm or a dental office or a restaurant, any do. type of website, Squarespace is perfect. Check it out at squarespace.com slash Chelsea, 14-day free trial. If you love it, use the coupon code Chelsea and you'll get 10% off. Thanks, Squarespace. Okay, see you next time. Bye. Bye.